What's up, guys? Welcome to episode number five of the Steve Krebs Show with me, your boy, your main man, Stephen Richard Krebs, the first episode number five. So I'm working on this project, new book, new course, called The Antidote to Anxiety. And last episode, I broke down that exact thing, right? Some steps that I take every day to help me get rid of this feeling that I'm going to (laughs) die. So I think almost everybody in the world has experienced anxiety in some way, shape, or form. And I don't think people talk about it. I don't think a lot of people talk about it. I think depression, anxiety, stress, worry, I think it's running rampant across the globe. I think that people suffer from it but don't ever want to talk about it. I think that people are scared to actually admit the fact that they suffer from it because God forbid we look weak, specifically men. Right? Men are conditioned at a young age to just suck shit up. Right? Suck it up, be a man, da-da-da-da-da. And on the flip side, we hear things like, oh, don't be a bitch, don't be a girl, which is completely disrespectful to women. Let's be realistic. Women are pretty fucking tough, fellas, so let's not bullshit ourselves here. Plus, they have babies, which automatically makes them tougher than us. Because guess what, fucker? If you or I had to have a baby, there'd be a lot less babies running around, wouldn't there? If I take a big shit, I think I, have, I usually have to call my mom and just have to. she has to talk me through the pain afterwards, right? So I think that it's the, the, the words that we use are so powerful. And the words that we use inside of our own minds are powerful. And the fact that we don't feel like we can communicate our pain to others stops us from dissipating the feeling. Right? So pain shared is pain divided. Happiness shared is happiness multiplied. I can't take credit for that statement. I actually heard that from an, a retired Navy SEAL named Billy Helmers. He was speaking at a Wake Up Warrior event. And he broke that down and I was like, man, coming from a guy that's In my personal opinion, if you're a Navy SEAL or Special Forces or a soldier in any capacity, you're a fucking badass. And you should earn immediate respect, especially guys that have seen action, right? There's a different level of badassery that comes along with putting your life on the line in that capacity. So immediately they have my respect. And then to hear a statement like that, pain shared is pain divided, made me realize how hashtag woke this dude was, right? This guy has been through shit, seen shit, lost buddies, and then retired from his service and has a family and, you know, shout out to Billy. He's a super cool dude. It's just like, I feel like that we're taught backwards. We're taught to be tough. Now, I grew up playing football and you guys know, (laughs) football coaches are the biggest assholes on the planet. I don't give a fuck. 99% of them are, are out of shape deconditioned, they're living vicariously through their players, they're usually only there to win or to worry, and really it's this fucked up game of tag that's played through the sport of football. Now what they found recently in this study is that with CTE and this brain damage and all this stuff is that even in Pop Warner, everyday normal like collisions, hits, are creating changes in the brain at that age, in Pop Warner football, so ages 9 through 12. This is asinine. A famous Green Bay Packers quarterback, Brett Favre, is trying to get rid of Pop Warner completely, and I agree with him 100%. I had some of the worst experiences in my life during my my high school and, and Pop Warner football career. The worst. Worst coaches, worst experiences, pressure. I was called names in front of the team. 
It's just fucking crazy. And I've mentioned this stuff before. I got a ton of pressure from my father. Love my father to pieces. He's a great guy. But he lived through me. Which I believe is the area in my life that anxiety was created. Nine years old, Pop Warner football. Every day I would wake up. We had just moved into our new home that my father worked his dick off for. It was this beautiful big home. It's actually just went up for sale. Uh, this past week, which is like kind of a mind fuck. So I've been working through this in my head as like going back through and you can go on Zillow and you can see the house and I'm looking at the rooms and all these memories flooded back in. And this past weekend, uh, yesterday, my nephew was baptized and I'm his godfather. So I was doing really shitty godfather impersonations all day yesterday. Like, Dominic, you come to me on the day of your baptism. And on this day, I become your godfather. <laughs> so... All this shit is running through my head. All these memories. And my father and I bumped heads for a long... My entire life. Him and I just bumped fucking heads. Like, he would pressure me and I would push back. He would pressure me, I would push back. And so I can rewind and look back at when my anxiety started. I was nine years old and I had this football coach named Mr. White. And he was actually the father of one of my good friends at the time, Dave. And it's crazy because when you're little, you go over to somebody's house and you experience this guy as a completely different person. And then he puts a fucking whistle around his neck and he becomes, God rest his soul, the biggest cocksucker I've ever experienced on the planet. Now, I'm nine years old. And I know I've talked about this before, but we're going to talk about it again because it leads into everything that I'm talking about. We had a kid get heat stroke at nine years old during fucking Pop Warner football practice and nobody said anything. They would run us and condition us and punish us every day tell us we sucked after games no shit nine years old i was called fat boy in front of the whole team for jumping off sides let that sink in for a minute at the time i was not fat i was a little soft and i would wake up every day and the first thing i would think about that day knowing that because pop Warner football practice starts at the beginning of august so think about it you go to school year-round you get out of school at the end of June, so I would have July to myself every year, and then knowing that football was coming in August, I would start getting nervous in July, because I fucking hated it. So every day, I would cry. I would cry that I didn't want to go, and my father being who he was at the time, no son of mine is going to fucking quit, da-da-da-da-da. Side note, my father quit high school football his senior year and never let himself, like, let, never let it go. Never forgave himself for it. So who paid for it? I fucking did. The pressure was removed from him and put onto me as his firstborn son. Now, my brother is a little smarter than me, Josh, my little brother. He quit football, <clears throat> I think, right after the end of Pop Warner because he was fucking sick of the bullshit, but I kept playing. So my anxiety started back then. The reason I talk about anxiety so much, guys, is because I, I honestly believe it, it causes most problems. Anxiety leads to panic, panic, stress, worry, depression, all this shit. It's all connected. And I feel like mental illness is running rampant across the globe, specifically in the United States. I think that we're conditioned to think that things are going to make us happy. We're taught to put band-aids on fucking bullet wounds. Nobody actually talks about their problems. We're not taught to talk about stress. And then you think that these things are going to create happiness for you. And here's what I watch happen. Guys create things. They make money. They get things. There's no happiness. And then they get depressed because they're like, man, I got the thing that I, that I was told was going to make me happy. So in this project called the antidote to anxiety, I'm going to break down the process that I've used, that I have used 
to go from super anxious, stressed out, 2014, hit the fucking wall, didn't communicate, wasn't emotional, didn't cry for like five years, and, and where I'm at now, which I feel like I'm in the best place I've ever been. Now, the cool part about this process is the reason I'm talking about football is because I also have learned to, I've learned to take away realizations and lessons from everything. And I've also learned to give myself permission to take space. This past six months, I've built new businesses. I built a marketing business with my partner, Stefano. I've built a, a supplement business and I'm still doing coaching consulting, but you guys have seen there's been less me. There's been less videos. There's been less Facebook lives, all this stuff, because I felt like it was time for me to shut the fuck up and listen for a little bit outside of this podcast, which is only the fifth, fifth episode. Now, just so you guys are clear, Eloquent Savage podcast, which is my old podcast, that's coming back out in the fall, but that's going to be a completely, that's a passion project of mine. And the Eloquent Savage is going to be me interviewing people, interviewing fighters, jujitsu competitors, badass business people. Just that's going to be an interview based podcast. And I'm excited about it. But right now I'm focused on the Steve Krebs show, which is this. Outside of that, you guys will notice like my content creation has slowed down a little bit. I haven't been in the public eye as much. I've just been listening, learning, reading, spending time with my wife, spending time with my family because we're home for the summer. And that's okay. But this project, The Antidote to Anxiety, it's something I started working on a couple weeks ago. So there'll be a book and then a course, which will also have some coaching involved in it because I just feel like this is the biggest problem that I see. It's not a business fucking issue. It's an unhappiness issue. It's an unworthiness issue. It's the issue that says like, holy shit, I don't deserve this. Why, do I, why should I be happy and nobody else is happy? Why am I the most successful one? What, do, what did I do to deserve this? So keep your eyes peeled for that because that's going to be coming out. And the, the book, it's going to take a little bit because I'm not just doing this bullshit where I like make shit up or have somebody else write it. I'm putting my heart and soul into this because I feel like people need to hear it. And if one person reads the fucking book and changes, then it was worth it. So what I've recognized over the past, especially a couple weeks, is there some of the reasons why I behave the way I behave, and it's the reason that I'm talking about this Pop Warner issue and the pressure from my father and all this crazy shit. Right? There was a time in Pop Warner, it was my second year, I believe, yeah, because that's when my father started coaching me. So my second year, they got rid of Whitey because the parents were kind of like, this guy needs to stop. And then my dad and then a bunch of my buddies' dads took over as coaches. The problem with your dad being your coach, I don't know if you guys have ever been coached by your dad. It fucking sucks. It's miserable. Because you can't escape it. Right? You're, you're with your dad at home. And then you go to football practice. And then your dad's your coach there. Which you guys know. Your parents are always hard around their kids because they don't want to seem like they're showing favoritism. So... My father's riding me there. So it just reminds me, like I said, don't take this out of context. My dad is an incredible guy. He always provided for us. He just, there was times where he was an asshole, just like there's times where I was an asshole. But I was, at this time, I think I was uh, 10 years old. I was 10 years old, Pop Warner, uh, played offensive and defensive line. That's pretty much what I played my whole life. Uh, so I had strep throat, but they didn't know I had strep throat, but I didn't feel good. And my mother's like, you know, being my mom, very protective, and she's like, he's not playing. And my father's like, bullshit, he's not playing, he's fucking playing. So so I played in a game, come to find out, with a 100 degree fever. My father's shooting chloroseptic in my mouth. So think about this, chloroseptic is that shit that numbs your throat because my throat hurts so bad. 10 years old. 
So about halfway through the first half, so end of the first quarter, I come out and I'm just like, Dad, I can't play anymore. I feel horrible. Like, I just don't feel good. So I, I took myself out of the game. And literally for the next three quarters, my father was giving me dirty fucking looks because I wasn't playing. Now, I'm 10 years old. So you can start to piece together where anxiety came from. And the second half of today's podcast is really just me talking about like the pressure that fathers put on their sons based on their shortcomings and shit that they did wrong. Now, I'm not a parent, so I'm not telling you how to fucking parent, but I'm going to give you a, a peek into my experience and how it affected my relationship with my dad. Because my relationship with my father was bullshit for a long time. I resented him. There's times where I hated him. My parents got divorced. That's another whole fucking issue, another whole episode of the podcast. Now, that's just not easy for me to talk about. Sometimes I, I, I feel a little anxious right now. I'm on my fourth cup of coffee, so that probably doesn't help. But there's a lot of emotion involved. And anytime emotion is involved in anything, it's way more exhausting than just physical shit. The emotional piece is always more exhausting which is why in breakthrough events, we break you down physically first so we can get to the emotion. Now, I'm at a point now where I don't hide my emotions anymore. I communicate clearly. I talk all the fucking time. Me and my wife have a morning huddle every single day because I want to make sure that things are on point, that we're on the same page. It's crazy. But my father lived through me, then lived through my brother, but it was worse on me for fucking sure. Now, with my brother, it was baseball, and he dealt with the same thing. But by that time, my dad was a little older, and he had already dealt with me because I was a little fucking wild after that. I was very rebellious, and I did whatever the fuck I wanted to do. I pushed back. If my father asked me to do shit, I wouldn't do it just to spite him. And I created this attitude towards authority, which I thought I was over until I had a realization last week. And we'll get into that. But growing up, anytime my father would be like, hey, I need you to do this, I would be like, fuck you, dude. I wouldn't say that all the time because I'd get my ass whooped, which one time I did tell my father to fuck off and he fucking put, took me right off my feet, which, hey, I deserve that. It was disrespectful. And I became a mouth, right? In my te- late teens, I was a mouthy fucker. I would just talk shit. I would mouth back to my dad and my mom. And it was a reflection of the relationship and the toxicity in the home. You know, my parents didn't get along. There wasn't a whole lot of joy in our house. There was a lot of drama. It's just the truth. And I grew up with a lot of things. And we were loved by by our parents. I was loved by both my mom and my dad, but they they were not the best for each other. So as my father's living through me, you know, I get into high school football. I didn't play my eighth grade year. I went back in. My dad basically bribed me to play. True story. And ninth grade year, okay year, 10th grade year, standout year. 11th grade year, cut my finger off in the, or no, that's 12th grade, I'm sorry. 11th grade year, I blow my ankle out in passing league and basically couldn't play for the first part of the year. I'm going to tell you guys some shit that I've never really told that many people right now. I hated that shit so much. I hated football so much. I hated the pressure that I got from my father so fucking much that when I hurt my ankle, which I really hurt it, I, I probably could have been back to play in about three weeks, but I faked the injury for the rest of the year. So I didn't have to play. That's how much I hated the pressure and hated the stress. I actually preferred to play soccer. I played AYSO soccer from the time I was five until the time I graduated high school. I played soccer longer than I played football, and I enjoyed it so much more. 
The game was faster. It never stopped. There was no bullshit posturing or ego involved in it. There was no pressure because my father didn't understand it. And you guys know that if you played football 20, 30 years ago, that soccer was considered, they called them foot fairies, right? Soccer was gay if you played soccer, which is ridiculous because it's an incredible game. It's the most popular game on the planet. But of course, asshole football coaches feel the need to downplay what other people do because let's be real, they're weak. Now listen, if you're a football coach and you're doing a great job and you care for your kids and you're not, you don't say this dumb shit that all these other assholes that I experienced said, like, cool for you, good for you, give yourself a pat on the back, I'm sure there's some incredible coaches in the, in the world. But as, as a whole, that sport is bullshit and it creates bullshit ego. I've been around it long enough to see it. There's just always this don't be a pussy mindset with it, tough it out, blah, 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 bullshit. On top of the fact that it's creating brain injuries for children and adults, okay? So I think it's time to step back and go, okay, maybe we should fucking think about this. Maybe we should talk about it. Maybe we should stop beating the shit out of our young men and then wonder why as they get older they fucking have mental issues or anxiety issues or depression issues or they become violent. I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying that shit is backwards. It's fucking backwards. Now listen, I don't wish away anything that I experienced, just so you guys know and just so we're clear. I don't wish away the experiences of my life. I don't wish away the pressure that my dad put on me. I don't wish away him and I bumping heads for 25, 30 years. I don't. Because it's made me who I am today. I'm resilient because of those things. I'm a great coach because of those things. Because I know what it's like to get coached like shit. I know what it's like to have somebody just put pressure on me. And say horrible shit because of a fucking game? Because of a game? It's a game. It's a game. So if you're a father listening to this, I hope you can take from my experiences and realize that 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 behavior, that pressure, that bullshit that that my dad put on me ruined our relationship for a very long time. Like fucking ruined it. So if you're doing that, stop it. Stop it. Right fucking now. It's bullshit. And it's you and your insecurity and your weakness and you're putting it inside this kid's head. And you're creating stress and pressure when right now there's enough stress and pressure in the world. Stress and pressure is everywhere right now. And these kids can't escape that shit. It's not like back in the day when we were young, we could go home and be fine. No, the social media and all this bullshit follows these kids everywhere. So stop being an asshole. Stop living vicariously through your kids. Maybe you should create a fucking little more power in your own life. Stop bullshitting yourself. Get your fat ass in shape. And then maybe you'll understand where I'm coming from. Now you can tell this is, this fires me the fuck up. Just because I watch this happen all the time. So I'm watching this show called Last Chance You last week. Last Chance You is this show on Netflix. It's about these junior colleges. It's the second one right now. First one was East Mississippi. This one's called Indy. Uh, it's in Kansas. These are small junior colleges, and basically it follows these coaches that bring in these blue chip prospects that couldn't make it in Division One because of their grades or because they got in trouble. And it's very entertaining because guess what? People love drama and people love to see people fail. Now, I watch it for a different reason. Rather than watch football games, which I haven't watched a whole football game in years, I like watching the behind the scenes. And as I'm watching, I'm getting pissed off because these coaches are just fucking assholes. This new season, this dude is from Compton, a white guy from Compton, which is kind of crazy. And he's just 
the, the nonstop swears, degrades these kids, but he also loves them. So it's really strange to watch because at the end of the day, I believe that if you get into the coaching profession or you volunteer as a coach, you do it because you actually want to help. But there's this twisted thing that happens when you give a guy a stopwatch and a whistle and he goes on a little power trip. And because men don't show know how to show each other love or empathy or appreciation and you're playing in a game that is built around ego and being bravado and tough guy, it just gets warped. Completely fucking warped. But I'm watching this show and there's a quarterback and he was a blue chip prospect, ranked number one player in the United States in that year when he came out of high school. His name was Malik Henry and he went to Florida State and the kid just, he got in trouble and they didn't really go too far into it, but I think obviously after watching the show, the kid has anxiety, he has depression, and guess what? His father, who came into his life magically back into his life, and when he was in high school and got really good at football, is now in charge of getting him ready to be a pro quarterback and all this bullshit. But if you watch the relationship, oh, what do you know? It's the same shit I went through, but even worse because this kid is actually incredibly talented. I was mediocre at best right? because I didn't love the game. This kid is a stud, incredible quarterback, smart, talented, but behaves like a complete fucking idiot and a punk and he mouths back and he resists authority and he gets in fights with his coaches and he gets in fights with everybody else and then at the end of the season he's sitting down with his trainer strength and conditioning coach and his dad and his dad has nothing fucking nice to say he's just pointing out all his weaknesses and shit and i'm sitting there and i'm going holy fuck i understand man i have so much empathy for this kid i understand why he's an asshole i understand why he's resistant to authority i understand why he acts like a punk i understand why he self-sabotages i understand all of it because he is me and I am him it is one of the biggest realizations and one of the biggest lessons that I've gotten in a long time and now these people that live on team no sleep these business coaches or these assholes that they'll be like oh you don't if you have time to watch Netflix then you did you should do it. it's all team no sleep bullshit well guess what space is important to think and having time where you can sit down and watch shows and just relax is fucking important. So guess what? If you're one of these assholes that's like, oh, if you got a TV in your house, you're wasting your time. You can eat a dick, turn the podcast off, go look in the mirror and punch yourself in the fucking face because you're an idiot. It's nonsense. You're posturing and you're making shit up. Oh, I don't watch TV. Then you're boring as fuck and you have, like, you have no fun in your life. All I do is work. Well, good luck with that. Because you're going to burn out and you're going to be boring. And when you have conversations with people, all you're going to be able to talk about is business and shit, which is boring. So eat a dick, part two. So I'm watching this kid and I realize, like, holy shit, he is me, I am him. Like, this is me. And if you talk to one of my mentors, Garrett J. White, who runs Wake Up Warrior, guess what? I showed up like that kid sometimes. Because Garrett a lot of times reminded me of my dad because Garrett rode me hard. And I'm thankful that he pushed me because I learned so much and he made me better. But he also overstepped some boundaries sometimes and would say some fucked up shit and push me almost like a football coach would. So I just fucking would push back. And I would not bow down and I would act like an asshole. I would posture. I would punish. I would fucking trip people up on purpose. And I'm not proud of it. And I'm going to talk to him about it this week. I'm not proud of the way I've behaved in certain areas of my life. I'm not, but I'm not perfect. I'm never going to be perfect. Ever. But this show, watching this, made me realize, like, holy shit, I need to step back 
And I need to have some conversations with my dad, with Garrett, with, with, with myself, with my wife about my behavior when somebody tries to push me, even if they're trying to help me. If I feel threatened or I feel pressured, I, I re- behave like a tiger stuck in a fucking corner. I'm trying to slash your fucking throat out. And I don't want to behave that way any longer. So you guys got to understand that the journey is never over. Self-improvement never stops unless you stop trying. You know, some people might look at my life and be like, man, that that dude's got to figure it out. And you could not be fucking more wrong. I have some stuff figured out. My relationship with my wife is incredible because we communicate. Our sex life is fucking off the chain. And I'll do a podcast of talking about sex. Maybe I'll even get Brie on there with me so we can talk about this. And because I got to coach married men for so long, I've had the ability and the pleasure to avoid a lot of the fucking problems that they've created in their lives because I listen, I observe, and then I apply. And if you're a younger guy, I hope you're listening to this and realizing all these things. If you feel anxiety, it's normal. But I have a mantra that I use, and it's my anxiety is just my excitement. And if you have a problem with authority, it's okay because your ego is what's going to help you get results in your life. But don't let it run rampant. Don't let it off the fucking chain. Don't let it run the entire show because you're going to damage yourself and your relationships. It's okay to be hurt. When I bring all this stuff up, I'm sure you guys can hear it in my voice. Like There's pain involved in this still. I'm not proud of faking an injury, but I'm okay with it. I'm empathetic to myself and who I was at that point. I'm not proud of myself for being a dickhead and showing up like a prima donna in my relationship with Garrett when I coached for Warrior at times and then specifically when I left because there was just a lot of bullshit, misunderstanding, lack of communication on both sides and I felt wronged and it was bullshit. I was playing a little bit of a victim role instead of stepping up and being a big boy and that's okay because guess what? I realized that now and awareness precedes change. Life is about learning from your fucking mistakes, so stop trying to be perfect. Let me repeat that. Life is about learning from your mistakes, so stop trying to be fucking perfect. There is no such thing. Progress, not perfection. Now, these are sound like cool little statements, but it, there's truth in it. And I'm working on forgiving my dad for the pressure. Even though it made me who I am, there's still days where I'm like, you motherfucker, how dare you? How dare you at 10 years old put that kind of pressure on a 10-year-old kid? How dare you force me to play a game that I hated? All I wanted to do was martial arts and play soccer. Nope. You're going to play football. No son of mine is a fucking quitter. Well, if you talk to your kids that way, just be prepared for them to fucking hate you. For a long period of time. If not forever. If not forever. So I was in this this kid, this kid Malik Henry, who I'm not sure what happened to him. I'm not sure if he's going to play D1, but at the end of this episode, the end of the season, they're showing him talking with his trainer and his dad, and you can see it in his face. All he fucking wants is to be loved, which is the solution to every issue and problem for us individually, in relationships, towns, states, countries, the fucking world. It is the antidote to all this bullshit is love and empathy. And if you would have told me I would have said that five years ago, I would have laughed in your face because I was a dickhead. I was suppressed. I didn't want to talk about feelings. I wanted to be a fucking tough guy. And don't get it twisted. The more I talk about feelings, guess what? I get my balls broken behind my back all the time. 
Hell, people at, at where I train jiu-jitsu, I'm sure, like to talk some shit. But guess what? People love to talk shit everywhere. We're human beings. Inside of my own family, people tend to talk shit about each other. It's sad as fuck. I fucking hate it. I just wish we could all sit down at a table and communicate. There's stress and drama in families every day, all day long. And if people could just sit down and actually communicate and have love and empathy for each other and have a direct conversation, guess what? All that shit would go away. Because everybody wants the same thing. We want love, appreciation, empathy. We want affection, attention. That's it. Why is it so fucking hard? Why is it so hard to just actually love the shit out of somebody and tell them you love them, look them in the eyeball, and just let all the other bullshit go? Squash it. Have a, have a conversation about it and just get over it. But I think some people are addicted to the drama. Some people are addicted to negativity. Some people feel like they deserve that bullshit. So this kid is sitting there talking with his dad and his strength coach, and you could just see it in his eyes. And man, I could feel for him. And I've been talking about this shit for a week to my wife because I'm just like this. I get ramped and wound the fuck up, and I can't stop. Because I can see the solution. I can see I have the antidote to anxiety, and I feel like it's something that I've figured out, and it's a gift that I've been given. And, and without suffering through that shit, the feeling of anxiety, without me eating wheat, marijuana edibles, I probably wouldn't have found it. Now, people say, oh, my God, you're fucking doing drugs. No, we, like, we do. Let's be real. Weed is a plant, and plants, to me, are medicine. All our medicine should come from plants. It's here. It's natural. It, it calms you down. It makes you happy. But weed edibles are a little different animal, right? They open some doorways in your mind. And guess what else they do? If you're in a bad way, they make you anxious and paranoid as fuck, which is what's happened to me almost every time I do it. And in the, in, in, in the past... I would try to control the feelings and it made the panic worse and the anxiety worse. So between my daily rituals and experimenting with marijuana edibles and meditation and grounding techniques like putting my feet in the grass and communication and talking with Bree and talking with my mom and talking with my dad and talking with myself and hugging my dog and all kinds of crazy other shit and all the rituals that I've created, I feel like I've figured some shit out. Now, do I have all the pieces? Absolutely not. Will this work for everyone? I don't know. I'm not a fucking doctor. But I am someone that will constantly and consistently test things out. I will communicate my feelings and I will share what's going on for me in hopes that it helps you. That you can listen to this podcast, you can listen to this talk and take shit away from it and apply these small things to your life and let go of pain. Don't celebrate it. Don't relive it every day without learning from it, letting it go, forgiving yourself and others, and just moving on and holding on to the lessons so that you don't repeat the bullshit that you went through. I legitimately hope that this kid ends up okay. I would love to work with him. I would love to sit down and talk with him. I would love to coach him. Not in football for fuck's sake, but in the way that I coach. Life coaching, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Because I just feel like that the youth is in the worst predicament right now. With Instagram and this bullshit rapper bullshit lifestyle that everybody portrays. And let me buy things. This, that, and the other thing. Now listen, there's nothing wrong with buying things if they make you feel good. But don't expect things to create happiness. Right? Buying yourself something should be a reward. For hard work. And it's an experience enhancer. Not, hey, when I get these things, I'll finally be happy. 
Or when I finally find the right person, I'll finally be happy. That's bullshit. And think about the pressure you're putting on that person when you start hanging out with them. Or you do create a relationship with them. Think about the fucking pressure when your happiness relies on another human being. Think about the pressure you're putting on them, the relationship, and it will fucking fail just so you know. You have to figure out a way to be happy all by your fucking self. It's why every single week I go and do stuff by myself. And I push my wife to go do things by herself. Because if you cannot be content sitting all by yourself, reading a book, or going for a walk by yourself, how the fuck are you going to be happy anywhere else? Happiness is inside of you. It's not something you acquire. It's inside of you right fucking now. You have to realize that you may be focusing on shit that just doesn't make you happy. Or thinking that, hey, when I do this, or I make this amount of money, or I have this, or if I get laid this amount of times, or if I drive this kind of car, then I'll be happy. I'll be happy when... XYZ is a fucked up statement and it's setting a trap for yourself. Promise you, because I've been through it. Now, if you get things, you're already happy and you acquire things, guess what? They're experience enhancers. They make you happier. They make you feel rewarded for your hard work. That's what I want you to look at this entire experience as. Anxiety is trying to control the future, right? Anxiety is found in the future. It's worrying about shit you cannot control. The end. So stop living vicariously through other people. Stop having unrealistic expectations of other people based on your shortcomings and insecurities. Work on your goddamn self first. So you can find happiness. So you can pass that shit on. So you can find love. You can pass that on. You can show empathy towards yourself so that you can pass that on. Because I'm telling you right now, these are the only ways we are going to get rid of anxiety and connect to each other. I fucking promise you I've tried everything. So yeah, I'm a little fired up right now. I could probably do this podcast for a fucking hour by myself today. But I don't want to overwhelm you and I don't want to over talk too much and, and lose people. Anxiety is simply my excitement. And the only person allowed to put pressure on me is me. I don't give anyone else that permission. Now. There's a long time in my life where it wasn't like that. So I got some conversations to have this week. And as a man, I'm going to apologize for some shit. And the apology may not mean anything to other people, but for me, it's forgiving myself and moving forward in my life, in my journey, so that I can grow and expand as a man, as a husband, as a human, and love myself more, and empathize with myself more. Because last night, I snuggled up with my wife, and, I, and she said, wow, you've been hugging me and, and showing me affection way more. And I'm like, do you want to know why? She's like, Why? And I said, because I am loving and empathizing with myself more. And if I love myself and I can be gentle with myself, this is why I've been showing up this way for you. I've always wanted to show up this way for you, but I just didn't think I deserved it. It's like a self-inflicted gunshot fucking wound that we're all doing to ourselves. And people don't talk. And this is why there's this crazy shit going on in the world. People driving trucks into groups of people and people shooting other people. It's just fucking crazy to me. It's a mental health issue. It's a lack of empathy issue. It's a lack of love issue. It's a judgment issue. It's the idea that happiness is found through things issue. 
You could be happy right now. I promise you that. So if you feel like this podcast will help someone, go ahead and just share it with them. I would really enjoy that. I want as many subscribers and listeners on this thing as possible. Not for me. Not so I can walk around and think I'm king fucking dingling. Because I'm here to help people. And now that I've decided to stop being fucking quiet, you're going to find out that I'm here to talk. I'm here to share. I'm here to get, get this book out there, The Antidote to Anxiety. And give the goddamn thing away. And develop a course that will help people. And a support group, a private Facebook group that supports people so they can come in and talk about this shit. Specifically, young men. To help them traverse and navigate through what the fuck we call our world right now. Because it's crazy. So if you guys appreciated this, if it helped you, hit me up, let me know, share it, share it with your friends, share it on Facebook, share it on Instagram, get people to subscribe, I would really appreciate this podcast is brought to you by Weaponized Nutrition, home of Weaponized Mind, Weaponized Greens, and STA Elite Marketing Company, listen guys, this shit's coming from the heart, and I hope you appreciate it, that's all I got for you guys on the Steve Krebs Show today, have a wonderful day, and we'll see you on the next episode.